0: Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Come on! Are you ready? ready. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Left side, Donovan. Quick catch and shoot. Release three is good, and Donovan knew it right away. Clarkson into the front court, Jazz on the run, leaves it behind for Donovan, catch and shoot three, pow! One of the best catch and shoot three guys in the NBA is Donovan Mitchell, and he buries it. Back up top to Donovan, guarded by Grant. They try to get the switch, they double instead. The Jazz cannot get the isolation matchups. Denver bench claps, Donovan has to go one-on-one over Grant and he hits. Man, is he special.
1: Donovan Mitchell highlights there because he got the five-year designated Rookie Max contract extension. $163 million for sure if he makes an all-NBA team this coming season, first, second, or third team. That'll bump it up to $195 million. And PK, I was trying to think, how long have we known Donovan was a Max guy for? And if you knew it, his rookie year when he, they beat Oklahoma City in the playoffs and he was really good and then they, they lost in the second round, that'd be, we've known it for two and a half years then.
2: I don't know that I can say I knew it specifically then because it's a lot of cash to be involved with. And you have to, at that point, you didn't know how he would handle success. True. We knew he had success, obviously. We saw that, but you know, we've seen some guys that have gotten success and they've literally gotten fat. I mean, that's the expression, you know, fat and happy. Well, for some, they've literally done that. And so how was he gonna handle all that? Because he went from relative anonymity, it's funny to say, but at the 13th pick, you're, you're viewed somewhat as a mystery, even though you're the 13. top two handfuls, of <laughs> yeah. uh, three handfuls of college basketball going into the NBA. But we've seen that he's handled success in, in a manner that was, just, you know, certainly good enough, if not great. And then to me, I, I think that uh, this past season, particularly in Orlando, if there was any doubt, it was long gone because, like Kenny Smith said, we talked about it on television last night, when you view Orlando as the start of his fourth season, come on, man, let's get going with the fourth season because if that was the preview, it was just sensational.
1: Jazz also bring home Derek Favors, three-year, $30 million contract to keep Jordan Clarkson, four-year, $52 million. I think uh, most of us were leaning towards they were probably going to get the Jordan deal done. Didn't know for sure, but thought that that was likely. Uh, Favors, I got to say, when we talked about this midseason, there were all kinds of rumors out there that, the Jazz are interested in him, and he was interested in them, and I believe those, but I never thought his price tag would be down this low, P.K. I thought he'd be getting more money and be somewhere else.
2: Well, you, you know, if you know, and I don't know fa- Favors personally at all, but I know folks who know him, and this is indicative of his character and who he is as a person. He would rather have the familiarity, the comfortability, knowing all things going forward, as opposed to having some unknown and maybe grabbing another $15 as crazy as it sounds for the average working guy like you and me and our our listeners going to work now, wherever you may be listening, apparently on a boat in Key West. (laughs) But if if that's the case, you know, we would go crazy. We wouldn't leave that kind of money. But I think Derek Favors, a quiet guy, he wants to be in a stable situation. And we've talked about this at length. That's exactly what the Jazz offer. This is Exhibit A of stability and he wants stability, and he knows every single day going forward for the next three years what the Jazz are gonna be about. And he would rather have that, that form of peace of mind, than go chasing some extra dollars someplace where he's not really sure.
1: We'll have to talk to Bowler about this when we get him on. Um, But you know, Bowler from traveling, not that they traveled recently and they may not travel soon, but in the past, built relationships, you know, traveling with people. And uh, the word he heard was that Derek favors Got out in the rest of the NBA world and found out not every coach is as good as Quinn, and even talented teammates, they're young and they're really inexperienced, and it it drove him nuts. You know, he could just look around and say, well, this isn't, I, I don't know any of the specifics, but just generally he could look around and say, well, this isn't how you win. <laughs> this this isn't it. You know, New Orleans has a young team, an experienced team, and, and had some youth on it, and maybe, I don't know, some of the veterans, because I don't know all the details, but uh he assessed the situation pretty quickly, and he's going to be happy to be back here.
2: Yeah, and I also think, I can't use the word scarred, but I think he certainly remembers early in his NBA career, he got shuttled around, and that probably jarred him to an extent. Yeah. He, and at this stage in his life, he doesn't want it. So who can argue with that?
1: Yeah. And then as far as the deal on the court and how it's going to work out, and we get into this later, but um, you know, defensively, he and Gobert will be nasty to deal with. Offensively, it'll be a little limited, but maybe not as limited as last time because last time they could be out on the court and you think some of the other guys on the team, you know, Crowder and Rubio, um, pretty streaky guys. Well, Crowder's been upgraded at Bogdanovich, so that's a more lethal shooter right there. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, this version of Mitchell is better than the two-year-ago version of Mitchell. He's improved. And then if you have who else out on the court, you know, let's say it's Conley. You know, well, Conley... Is uh, a much better shooter than Rubio, so yeah. The the offensively, it's not ideal, but it's upgraded from where it was when they were when they were playing. You know, two on five or three on five offensively, uh, depending on who he was out on the court with. All right, DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NBA.
1: So, free agency, deals everywhere. One of the most recent ones, Jason Tatum, to the surprise of no one, got a similar extension to Donovan uh, Mitchell. Uh, so he'll be uh, upgraded to $163 million, and then if he makes an all-NBA team, up to the Supermax for, for the experience he's got at 195 uh, The Lakers have brought in Montrezl Harrell, Marc Gasol, Uh, Dwight Howard headed to Philly as a free agent JaVale McGee was traded to Cleveland Lakers had Wesley Matthews they lost Rondo of course to Atlanta so a lot of change there for the Lakers but I think it's generally seen as an upgrade and they're gonna be picked to win it again PK
2: well the big man situation in my mind certainly is better I'd much rather have Harrell and Gasol Gasol is at the end of his career obviously Harrell is still a player on six-man, if I remember correctly, uh, last season. To me, the big man situation, and you yeah, have Anthony Davis going to resign, I assume, is much better than Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. So right there, absolutely. And Wes Matthews is a player, so uh, he, he's, he can contribute. So yeah, I would say right now, the Lakers certainly are the favorite. Well, I think Rajon Rondo is a loss because he played better mm-hmm. than I expected he would in Orlando. But he's going to cash in for playing better than expected because I'm not the only one who thought it was better than expected. And so for him, he's moved around a bunch. He's won titles, and he wants the money and the opportunity. I like what Orla- or did I say Orlando? I, think, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta. I like what Atlanta's doing down there, and they might be a little bit better than we expected, which, uh, you know, not that we have many Hawks fans, but— that's that's encouraging for them.
1: I wonder if the Lakers gave up too much shot blocking. That would be the one maybe there's a, a little a little problem here. Um, but on the whole they got better players. But I wonder if that one skill, if they're gonna be lacking on that. Uh, Gordon Hayward goes to Charlotte for four years and 130 million. Is that that what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch and see if Atlanta goes uh, screaming past Charlotte
2: uh it could possibly happen yeah that's a great spot for hayward because you're totally off the radar uh you're making boatloads of money you will have made way more money than your talent indicates you should have made not that he's a bad player by any stretch but you know when he signed in or for boston for those three years and then here uh, this type of cash i read somewhere that uh going forward you know if he collects all this money he will have made in the NBA more than anybody else in NFL history. <laughs> wow!
1: Move over Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and whoever yeah, else. <laughs>
2: which is, I, I assume, it's true because I also read uh, last year when Devin Booker signed his deal, he made uh, on that deal combined with his rookie deal, he made more than Larry Fitzgerald had made to date, and those are two Phoenix guys. Yeah. So the NBA, you know, they just made so much money. Hayward to kind of drift it into obscurity in Charlotte, and good luck to you. Well, NBA's got to
1: split all that money with 15 players. NFL's got to split it with 53. So there's one factor working in the NBA's favor. All right, DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NFL. Henry gets the carry running left. Henry to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, to the... Yes! Oh, yes! 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 Touchdown, Titans, as the Titans will run out of... Baltimore with a shocker in OT. Snap to Rogers, swings it right side. He's got Jamal diving, pylon, touchdown. Dalton in the pistol, Elliott behind him, Lamb in motion right, play fake,
1: looking in the middle
0: of the end zone to Schultz, touchdown with a minute
1: 37 left. Hill fakes the handoff, looking to throw, running out to his left, looking downfield, he's going to tuck it and run at the 10, the 5, touchdown, Taysom Hill. Play action fake. He's He's going to get hit. It's up in the air. And it's picked
0: off. Taki Taki's got it. Down the sideline. 25, 20, 15, 10. It's Genzel Ward on the tip. And the pick by Taki Taki. Touchdown.
1: Too much happened this weekend, PK. Four hours isn't enough. All that NBA, all the NFL, all the college football. There are a lot of intriguing games here. The big plays, the game winners there. Uh, I don't know. You,
2: You got a favorite out of all of those? Uh, yeah, Taysom Hill. I mean, he's local. He was uh, first start. and He looked good. I don't know necessarily look great. You're playing Atlanta. Their defensive metrics aren't all that good, but you got the job done. You won comfortably. And for your first start, yeah, you have to be excited about it uh, going forward here to see what he can do. And it was funny listening to uh, a lot of uh, national pundits talk about Taysom and versus Jameson. I yeah, don't really want to get into it too much but you knew what their take was uh, well, it was obvious depending on what their perspective was but uh, I think, yeah, for us here locally the is overwhelmingly taste them. Only through
1: five incompletions I thought that was really the highlight didn't push the ball down the field very much quite frankly, didn't have to uh, the short passing game was there, and guys were able to uh, run with the ball afterwards. So it worked. I expect he'll have to do that down the road. When he did go deep, it was wildly underthrown and led to a crazy, entertaining play and a big game for the Saints. Um, and, of course, he ran for two touchdowns. That second touchdown, there were three guys over there who would have tackled a normal quarterback. But Taysom Mills not a normal quarterback, and he ran around him, got into the end zone. I don't think he is a running quarterback that can sustain you but it's awesome to have it when you need it and he had it when he needed it and uh and won the game 24 to 9. Uh also in those highlights we heard uh, Sioni Taki Taki score on just a miserable day and hideous weather in Cleveland. Uh he gets that interception and they beat the Eagles it wasn't as close as it looked 22 to 17. Their D-line, Cleveland's D-line was awesome. I think they had uh Six sacks in the game. I think the Saints had eight in their games. There were a ton of sacks in the league yesterday. So Cleveland is 7-3 and three for the first time since 94, and the former Cougar got into the end zone there. The Packers, two-touchdown lead, and they blew it, and they lose to the Colts 34-31. Former U Julian Blackman splitting a double team Forcing a fumble in overtime. Colts didn't have to drive anywhere. They ran a few plays, picked up a few yards, and kicked the field goal. Didn't even get a first down. Didn't matter. Colts beat the Packers. That was a pretty good finish right there. Yeah. Uh, Titans-Ravens uh, more impressed with Derrick Henry's touchdown in overtime or that touchdown to get to overtime. Just, dr- just bounce off four guys and drag him into the end zone.
2: Well, he's a bulldozer, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. And Alex Smith gets a win as Washington beats Cincinnati 20-9. Joe Burrow's season-ending injury, that looked horrible. Two big guys locked up, off balance, falling into his leg when it was planted. That That's just, just horrible in the pocket there. Yep. Alex Smith gets the win, and with Philly losing, Philly's a half game in front of the other three teams. I think the Washington-Dallas Thanksgiving Day winner, they'll be the favorite in that division coming down the stretch. We could have a five- or six-win team in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, that's not good. No,
1: it's not. Uh, Cowboys want to shoot out with the Vikings and picked up a win to kind of get back, back in the mix. Good game tonight. Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa Bay needs a win to keep pace with New Orleans in their division. The Rams need a piece, uh, win to keep pace with Seattle in their division. So, high stakes, two good teams. Good Monday night football game tonight. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college football. Back to throw. Going to step up and go. This throws it up. This one is picked. And a chance for a return for a score. 40, 20-yard line. 10. Touchdown. He didn't go out of bounds, did he? Touchdown, Oregon. Touchdown, Oregon Jordan Happel
1: and the snap and the Verdell looking for a whole slice right into the end zone he kept his eyes downfield looking for room and found it in a hurry all right some of the highlights from a weekend of uh, college football started with the Oregon Ducks there we had a chance to talk Saturday night and you were you, were you would you describe yourself as mad at the UCLA Bruins it's always good to see Oregon beaten, and, and UCLA had their chances, but turnovers sunk them.
2: Well, yeah, that play right at the end of the first half, the quarterback gets hit, the uh, shirt freshman there, and then what that happens, all your speed guys are way downfield, so they're not going to be able to catch anybody, uh, the linemen I'm speaking of. And so, uh, you could argue that was a difference, certainly score-wise, that was a difference. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't think the ducks and style points look good, but they got it done, and this is such a crazy season. It's, I don't know if they're going to get in. I don't know if it matters, but nevertheless, they're still undefeated.
1: Don't lose the turnovers 4-1, UCLA. You had your chances, but they lost the turnover battle uh, 4-1. Indiana got way down to Ohio State. Looked like they were going to get worked, and they fought back and came up short. They were down 35-7 at the half. They rallied, got it to 42-35. I' know Ohio State's offense down the stretch. I was waiting for some more points, and only point in the last what 20 minutes or so was the pick six. I Locked up.
2: You'd have to ask Ryan Day.
1: <laughs> uh, Oklahoma scorched Oklahoma State. So the big 12. Everybody's got two losses there now. Alabama, no issues with Kentucky. Yeah, that's why I really there. want to
2: see all, this, all the five powers get an automatic bid because Oklahoma starts a redshirt freshman quarterback, and they start a little slow. Well, they're not slow now.
1: <laughs> they were not you know?
2: slow. And who's to say that if it played out that they couldn't be in a normal season, which you are not having, they couldn't win the whole thing. I mean, it's not beyond the realm, but the system is so ridiculous that it doesn't allow for that, and it should allow for that.
1: Iowa State now the favorite to win the league, which would be notable because uh, they got a Cubs-like thing going on. They're uh, a ballpark 110 years from winning a conference football title, which was the Missouri Valley they were in at the time, 1910 or 1908 or something, way back there. They've got a one-game lead, and they are uh, at Texas this week, and they got West Virginia to wrap it up. So for Iowa State, it could be a conference title. Dabo Sweeney going off on Florida State. This was not canceled because of COVID. This was just an excuse to cancel the game.
2: Dabo. Yeah, if I'm Florida State, I take advantage of that excuse.
1: <laughs> uh, two games are already off this uh, coming week. San Diego State, Fresno State is off. Washington, Washington State is off. Seems like we're averaging 10 to 15 games a week now. We'll see what else happens during the week. And it could happen to the Utes. And that brings us to the Utes. Turn the page, Jock.
0: Hashtag Utah. Motion this way, now back, zip zapping the other way as Amon Ra handoff. Malapai, right side into the end zone and a touchdown. USC. Slovis, quick drop, waiting. Throws over the middle. It's complete. Tyler Vaughn has it. And he's in the red-covered end zone for a touchdown, USC. Cromenhoek slotted to the left side. One back is Malapai. London slotted to the left. Faking the handoff. Throwing over the middle. Complete error. Cromenhoek. And that's another touchdown for Cromenhoek. And another touchdown, USC.
1: USC beats Utah 33-17. Cam Rising starting a quarterback. Lost him early in the second quarter to an apparent shoulder injury. Uh, Kyle Winningham says Bentley is the guy going forward. He doesn't like to talk about injuries unless they're season-ending. Maybe he'll talk about a season-ending injury in his media availability this week. We'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, Bentley is the guy. Uh, The offensive line wasn't good enough. That was clear to everybody, but you're also not clear. You were there, PK. You're not clear that that really is the offensive line going forward.
2: Um, I started three freshmen, uh, two of which are red shirts, uh, so – I'm fine with it. Let these guys develop this season. I mean, what are you what are you really playing for outside of just getting, game, getting some game experience? This season is so jacked up. So I wasn't discouraged by Utah's effort, man. If they would have had two games under their belt, I think they'd be better. But they don't. This is crazy. It's what I've been saying for weeks, and I'm not going to change my tune now. They lost. And I don't want to say so what, but it just doesn't sting to me. Certainly as much as the loss did when they lost to SC in their first conference game last year. Or when they went down there and tried for two at the end and didn't get it. This season is so jacked up. I don't know how else to say it. And speaking of jacked up,
1: Utah's game with Arizona State, scheduled for Saturday, has been moved back to Sunday by the Pac-12. You were telling us last week you heard that Arizona State had major issues. They still do, yeah. Yeah. So you want to put odds on this thing happening? 50-50? Oh, at best, it's
2: 50. At best. At yeah. best? Yeah, and the Devils haven't spoken. They're not... Uh, Herm Edwards is so media-friendly. He hasn't spoken in over a week, and they're not scheduled to speak today. So you know the, the idea from what I hear is that they're getting guys back on Thursday. Now, some guys have already gone on Twitter and said they're not going to be available. So they're not going to practice for over a week, and you're going to basically force them to play a game If it comes to that, uh, to just have the game for the game's sake, and they're supposed to field a competitive team, yeah, I don't see it, man. I see Washington, Utah far more likely. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag BYU. Third and goal from the two. The handoff sweeping left and caught up at the goal line, but leans across the plane. Tyler Algier. Takes the handoff in for six. Another score for Tyler. That's two today. Play fake duck by Zach, and he throws for the end zone to the back right corner. And the catch is made for the score in the back right corner. Neil Pau for the touchdown.
1: There's some highlights from BYU smoking North Alabama 66-14. I don't have much to say about that game, but you just used the words Washington, right, before we went yeah. to BYU. And, of course, uh, you know, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter was alive with all the back and forth, everybody with uh, their portion of the story about whether Washington wants to play BYU and does BYU want to play Washington and is BYU ducking Washington, but what's really going on behind the scenes? Does BYU want to agree to play, start practicing, pay for the extra tests, and then find out, oh, Washington's got a Pac-12 opponent and that's a priority. Thanks for nothing, BYU. We're moving along.
2: Well, yeah, I wrote about it and posted it our website over there at ksl two. Uh, I talked to people uh, last night, and I decided, uh, why wait? We're in the news business. Go with something right now. And so uh, I posted what I posted, and that's exactly it in a nutshell. Sure, it looks like BYU's ducking Washington, but I don't think they are under the circumstances. because. And Kyle spoke about this Saturday night, and I've got Utah people Chiming in to me too, and then that and that's the reality of the situation. The conference we've t- we've said this for weeks now. The conference will take care of itself as it should first. And if it has a chance to pit Washington versus Utah on so- Saturday or Sunday, go ahead and do that. Take care of that first. And, and actually, I think that that has a much larger chance of happening than of all the other possibilities.
1: All right, we got to take a break. Yak, have you been working? Uh, somewhat. Not sluffing on a Monday morning. Who's coming up? Dennis Dodd, cbssports.com. All right. Was he in the middle of all of this, Yuck? Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit, right? All right, we'll talk with him next about uh, BYU and Utah and Washington and scheduling games on the fly and college football. We'll do that next with Dennis Dodd. Stay with us. Let's go. The Big Show.
0: It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake
2: Scott.
1: Boy, Gordon, free agency began and things were a little quiet on the Jazz front. And then, bam, 5.30 segment hits. And Derek Favors is coming back and Jordan Clarkson is staying. Clarkson, a four-year, $52 million deal. Favors and the Jazz three-year, $27 million
3: deal. That's right. And the Jazz have shored up their defense without penalizing their offense because Jordan Clarkson is an explosive scorer. And then you factor in Boyan Bogdanovich. You've got some offensive firepower alongside Donovan Mitchell. I think they're considerably better than they were before today.
0: The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months, plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry signer Cadillac. DJ and PK, we're joined now by Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com. You read him all the time. You see him on Twitter. Here to talk college football and sort out whatever it is that might happen to the Utes and Cougars this coming weekend. Dennis, good morning.
3: Good morning, David and Patrick. How are you?
1: We're good. good. BYU fans are riled up. I think you know <laughs> on Twitter what it's like when BYU fans get riled up. Imagine what it's like on Sports Talk Radio in Utah when Cougar fans get riled up.
3: Not unlike about 130 different teams right now. Or maybe
1: the top top 25. How about that? Okay. So uh, where did you think this stood yesterday with uh, BYU looking for a game on a bye week and Washington-Washington State? The Apple Cup is off. Where did you think the uh, potential for a BYU-Washington game stood yesterday? Where do you think it stands today? Where do you think the youths fit into all of this with the Arizona State game apparently hanging by a thread?
3: Yeah, I th- look, I didn't talk to anyone specifically, but I think in the case of BYU, they don't want to commit to a game with Washington or a Pac-12 game when they know the Pac-12 teams have up to the end of day Thursday to break the break any contract that's signed if a Pac-12 team becomes available. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's a win-win. Uh, for BYU if they do it, you know, they don't th- – there is no downside. I mean, you're not going to get in now as it stands, and if you somehow schedule – let's it it's a long, long shot. If Oregon and USC become available, then now you're in the conversation. Now you're 12-0. and 0. Now you've played more games than anybody in the country. But that's a long, long shot. And, you know, I, I think the players would want to play, but I think the administration – it's sitting there going, why, why hang ourselves out to dry on a Sunday or over the weekend? what well, look what happened to Florida State, Clemson, which is an absolute mess right now. Um, the people, you know, lobbing accusations back and forth to each other.
2: I think for the Cougars, the ultimate goal. I mean, obviously, you wanted to playoff, but I think that's an extreme yeah. long shot. I think it's more realistic to have a New Year's New Year's six. Yeah. So, can you handicap? Say they just schedule as is, beat San Diego State in a couple of weeks. Then they're what ten and zero, uh, as opposed to not adding a game. What would be their chances of ten and zero getting in? And do they actually need to add that game and win that game to get one of those New Year six?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think anybody can answer that right now. I mean, the competition would be potentially a um, Florida with two losses coming off, you know, an, an SEC championship game, a Texas A and M at nine and one. Uh, actually, eight and one now. I think that's they're only going to play nine, um, and uh, in Cincinnati, at uh, at eleven and zero, uh, winning winning their conference. Uh, in fact, they'd have a guaranteed spot, obviously, with the New Year six if if they did that. So, yeah, to get in there, I, I think they've got a shot. I mean, right now they have played more games than anybody. You can say what you want about the schedule, but if you want to, you know, pick an eye test, this is. The best BYU team since at least '96, the Steve Sarkeesian team that went 14 and 1. Uh, you've got, you know, an Outland Trophy front runner in Brady Christensen on the on the offensive line. Zach Wilson, I'm to tell you about the two receivers. Milton Romney can play for anybody, frankly, in the country right now. And I love the Tonga kid who's getting more and more attention in the middle. Yeah. On, on defense, so this they've got they've got dudes. If that's if that's the answer, if that's the question,
1: they've got dudes. They can play. So you listed a couple of the teams that are competition, but what about uh, a one-loss Indiana team? What about if Northwestern yep. loses a Big Ten title game to Ohio State? Uh, a one-loss Notre is a one-loss Notre Dame team? A, a playoff team? Um, Miami in the ACC? It seems like there's still a lot of competition, and the polls have treated BYU well but until we see what the selection committee is thinking.
3: Yeah, I mean, those are some, some pretty, pretty salty brand names, not Indiana, but I think what we learned Saturday is, look, they can play with anybody, um, and that's going to help them greatly, especially with the Big Ten schedule. So as I said up front, I think, you know, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, I think they're deserving, definitely, uh, but I don't know if they can get past a Notre Dame if it loses in a rematch to clemson um you know even in indiana Uh, a miami that may go through with one loss and not play in the acc championship game and i i think even a florida that let's say it gets beat by alabama still has two losses but you know has the heisman trophy winner on its team it's going to be tough to overcome
2: you're a national guy, obviously, Dennis, so you have a national following and all that, and you can speak from a national perspective as far as what's going on, the perception of the Pac-12. You know, it had its issues coming into this season, and then you look at, they put out a schedule, then they put out another schedule, then they put out a third schedule, no conference, non-conference games. Now they say conference, non-conference games are a possibility. In your opinion, has the conference taken even a bigger hit to its rep this season?
3: It, it has. I mean, it's the biggest thing to me was September 5th, you had this grand press conference to, excuse me, to take a drink in the direct road. Uh, there was this grand press conference to announce uh, daily testing. It's a game changer, according to Larry Scott. And then they just sat on their hands. Uh, instead of going to the municipalities that were most affected, L.A. County, Oregon, the governor of Oregon, because that those California and Oregon teams encompass half the league, and say this should be a reason why we should be allowed to play. Yeah, the NFL teams certainly were in uh, in California; they got exemptions. So instead, they spit on their hands. Meanwhile, the Big Ten moved, and they followed the Big Ten's move, and the eighth and the Pac-12 didn't do anything until I think it was September 19th. That letter from the USC players, which, which I wrote about, and I truly believe. Nudged the Pac-12 towards playing this fall. Uh, up until that point, you had Larry Scott going on the Dan Patrick show saying, uh, you know, being quoted saying we're concentrating more on basketball this fall, maybe late November for football. Then the player said, no, you don't understand. You know, we, we can practice. We can play. You've got the governor of California saying, oh, no, you guys can practice, and not understanding at that time – only 12 people were allowed to gather, and you, for all intents and purposes, can't practice football that way. So that was a massive fail, to the point that now you're left with seven straight weeks and no buys, games being canceled all over the place, and they've essentially, you know, knocked themselves out of the playoff before there's even a judging to be had.
1: You know, I think the worst thing for the Pac-12, as bad as the Big Ten comparison is, is the fact that... the. Uh... Mountain West Conference also shut it down, came back about the same time, but they were able to get going. They have three teams in California. San Jose went to Humboldt yeah. State to practice, and New Mexico moved home games to Vegas. Yeah, If you want to
3: play, and, yeah.
1: you can find a way to do it. It just looks like the Mountain West wanted to play, and the Pac-12 didn't because they both had the California issue.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It took a point that I was writing this summer that it, had that come about, had it come down to it, the, the Mountain West was seriously considering a schedule without the California teams, without Fresno, San Jose, and San Diego State. Um, that's how I don't want to—I don't think the word is desperate—but that's how far along they were. To play football. You know, it's one thing we can have a discussion on whether anybody should have played football, but there's a separate discussion, that, uh, as you guys are noting, as to how they went forward. And right now, the you know the, the Mountain West looks looks better than the Pac-12. The Pac-12 may end up having a, a conference champion playing four games or something like that. There's outbreaks all over the place.
2: Yeah, those are facts, yeah, and we'll see what happens here. Uh, last Friday you wrote a piece about uh, BYU and talking about this all the stuff that we were talking about, and one of the things that caught my eye And I put it out on Twitter, man, and the response, you know, as you know, we got Ute fans and BYU fans just go back and forth at each other all day long. And we're in our 19th year of doing this DJ and PK show, so we're not exactly going to complain about it. But nevertheless, you put out that uh, BYU schedule is 38th nationally in strength schedule, according to the NCAA, ahead of the likes of Alabama, Miami, Auburn, and Texas. And all sorts of comments on that. So, what was your point in putting that out? Was it just obviously the schedule's not as bad as it appears? I wanted to see what their schedule was
3: ranked. Um, I'm just curious as a consumer. And, look, there are you, – you can, you can make the reality whatever you want with the schedule strength. I, I just go to the NCA one because it's easy and it's accessible and it's useful. And they go by one-loss record. Now we're getting you a huge conversation with who BYU played, but they do—they do past opponents cumulative winning percentage, future opponents cumulative winning percentage, and combined winning percentage for the season. And, and BYU is 38, kind of middle of the pack. But I, I thought, you know, interesting. I, I don't know if I would say that Alabama's schedule. Was easier than BYU's, but they were below them uh, because the teams they played to date had turned out not to be very good. Uh, And and I don't have to name them: Mississippi State, Kentucky, obviously. So I I thought I thought it was a nod. Um, You know what? What credit does BYU get for assembling a schedule to begin with? Um, You know when when those were the teams available. I think they got. Yeah, in fact, I know they got four teams back on the schedule that were on the original 12-game schedule. Um, Houston, San Diego State, I can't remember the others, but, but they were on there.
2: Boise. Boise. Boise in North Alabama. Yeah.
1: Dennis Dodd joining us, CBSSports.com. You can read him there. I am curious, uh, with more conference games being played, if some of the leagues are going to learn to like this, especially the SEC. Do you think they are or no?
3: No. I, I know <laughs> – Nick Saban, in my that's personal uh, view, but Nick Saban has advocated for this for years. Why don't we play 10 conference games? Why don't we play all power five games? Look, we, as long as we're in this conference setting like this, there's always going to be a team like a Vanderbilt that just needs those six games to get to a bowl, those six wins. And not everybody's a superpower. I understand the superpowers rule the rule the roost. Um, you know, We have three of the top four playoff teams, slotted before the season began, and that's probably the way it's going to be. But, no, I, I don't think so. Now, if there's some sort of, um, I don't know, breakaway of the Power Five and they all play each other, but even then, if you do that, that's 65 teams, and you're going to have half the teams in your division losing every week. I don't think anybody wants that. So, no, I don't think so. The, the, the SEC has you know, resisted going to nine conference games because why put yourself out there for another loss in the New Year's Six or playoff race when you're doing pretty good right now. You know, what is it? Uh, I don't know, 11, 12 out of the last 14 years. They've, you know, they've been in the championship mix, at least wanted or played for it. That's pretty good.
2: We've seen a lot of schools, obviously, because of the situation in the country, take a huge hit financially. Tom Homo put out a video about BYU being $20 million in the hole. Mark Harlan at Utah had said $50 million, and we know that's prevalent throughout the country, as I say. Do you think the financial situations, being what they are, could actually hasten expanding the playoff?
3: I, I don't, uh, for a couple of reasons. The The financial situation is bad, there's no doubt about it, but... In my reporting, they're pretty much past this right now. All these schools are going to get loans, either low-interest or no-interest loans, from the school, either borrow from banks or hedge funds or something like that at low-interest rates. And in the case of Ohio State, uh, I think they were, I, I forget what the number was, but it was like $30 million at the time, and Gene Smith, the AD, talked about it. And I said, you know what? You know what $30 million is? That's building a new baseball stadium and not getting anything for it. It's on the books. It's a debt. You're going to have to pay for it. But you just don't have the stadium. So I think philosophically and, you know, monetarily, they're past it. Um, no, I, and the other part with the playoff, you've to understand where the money comes to the playoffs. playoff comes from ESPN, who sells subscriptions. Their subscriptions are tanking. Uh there's a financial crisis in the country. Sponsors aren't buying airtime. So if you're going to expand it, somebody's got to pay for that $475 million plus that it is right now. And then would, I don't know, double if you added four more teams to go to eight? And ESPN, like a lot of businesses, enjoys cost certainty. And for the next six years, they know they have cost certainty. They're not going to have to spend a dime more than they budgeted the playoff. That's why I think. I mean, and and, fr- and frankly... I don't think in the first six years there's been somebody that got quote-unquote screwed for this big outrage. We could talk about TCU and Baylor in year one and letting in a, a, a group of five team every year, but the right teams played for it, and you know, whatever happened after that happened. But I, I think this thing is staying at four for at least six more years.
1: Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com. You can read him there. Follow him on Twitter. Dennis, we appreciate you coming on the show once again. Thanks for joining us. All
3: right. Enjoyed it. Thanks,
1: guys. Uh, all right. There's Dennis Dodd and. Uh... PK off the top there, whatever he thought yesterday, it's pretty clear what he thinks today. It'd be interesting to talk to some of the other national people who are in the middle of this, but uh, BYU, I think, somehow, some way, Tom Homo's worked the phones, talked to people and gotten the word out, hey, we'd love to play, but we'd love to not be on the hook until Thursday and then have everything reversed on us.
2: Well, yeah, I, to me, the word got out Saturday, and then obviously on Sunday, it just took hold and went off but when you listen to Kyle talk Saturday night after the game yeah right <laughs> it, it to me and during my conversations leading up to that i wasn't sure i cannot come on here and say that i knew that washington and byu had had conversations at least some degree of level uh, on saturday i did not know that but what i know of the asu situation and what we knew of the washington state situation you can conclude that the BYU possibility was a long shot because the conference is going to be looking to take care of itself. And go back, I tweeted it Saturday night, you can see it, that I thought that it was going to be, if it's not ASU-Utah, it was going to be Washington-Utah. Yeah. And then it blew up yesterday.
1: Kyle Kyle does not like to uh, break news about other people. I mean, he just doesn't do that. So, I was actually driving home. He doesn't like breaking news about himself. Right. Yeah, he limits that, right? But he certainly doesn't want to talk about other people. But I was driving home listening uh, to our post-game show uh, here on The Zone, and it was uh, Hans and Frank Dolcher doing it, and they threw to Kyle. Uh, while I was in the car driving home and when I heard him say we'll find out tonight or tomorrow who we're going to play well immediately that's a red flag if you're listening he doesn't think they're playing Arizona State and he doesn't think the Apple Cup is going to happen you know we already knew about Washington State because it it impacted him this past weekend and he thinks it's going to impact him next weekend I mean it was it was really clear who he was talking about and he didn't like to talk about other schools so thought the odds were were pretty good at that point and of course we're still waiting for confirmation but we could be waiting for confirmation until Thursday so We'll see We'll see when we hear something from the Pac-12 and the Utes in Arizona State. But we know the Apple Cup is definitely off. Pac-12 said something out yesterday. All right, DJ and PK brought to you in part by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Talk more about the Utes and their season opener with Josh Newman from the Salt Lake Tribune. He's coming up at 8 o'clock. You want to talk NBA Free Agency and the Jazz bringing Derek Favors back. Eric Walden, jazz writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, joins us at 8.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280
0: The Zone. and the Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. All right, PK, we got multiple questions up on our Facebook page, Uh, discussions uh, going on all weekend. The reaction to the Jazz free agent signings and the uh, extension for Donovan Mitchell has been more positive than I expected. I expected 100% positivity for the Donovan Mitchell five-year $195 million extension, right? Uh, I expected 100% positivity for bringing Clarkson back, but I wasn't sure that favors would be 100% uh, positivity. And yet, oh, I can see that. That's what we're seeing. Uh, 100%. Benjamin says, they'll do. I'm extremely excited to have Favors back. Jesse, I'm glad to have Faves back. Um, nice job, Brian says. So good to have Faves back and great to keep Clarkson. If they can stay healthy, they'll be a great team. Exclamation point. Uh, Gary says, both signings are huge given the cap space we have. See, I think that qualifier is the kind of thing that's critical. Given the cap space. How's your dog doing? (laughs) You okay, PK?
2: Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, we
1: heard the dog bark, and then we heard you. I thought you went down. Man down! Man down!
2: Nah, I got him out of the room.
1: Okay. Oh,
2: good work. Good
1: decision. So,
2: uh, yeah, the the favors thing, uh, I thought there was a good possibility of having it have to happen because of just what we talked about earlier this morning, that favors is about wanting stability and why go chasing something that you don't need to chase why why not have everything safe and sound and comfortable and familiar in your life and really when you think about it that sounds really good to
1: me. <laughs> actually does <laughs> especially because he's taking a lot less money and people in the nba just don't take a lot less money and i, and I really thought he'd be worth more on the open market because i think he if he's your starting center he's decent right New Orleans was decent. They weren't good enough in the hyper-competitive West. They had other issues on their team than him. But their win-loss record was that they were basically a 500 team when he played, and they were a disaster when he didn't. I think they won like 20% of the games when he played. Their record was way worse when he sat. And he'll he'll make you better. He'll do what he's supposed to do, be where he's supposed to be. He finishes around the rim. He hits his free throws, and he blocks shots and takes away layups. You know, he's not going to dominate the game and take it over, but he does what he's supposed to do, and that alone puts him in the middle of the league. So I, I didn't think it would work from a from a money perspective, but you factor in what you want, and if he doesn't have a great experience and he wants to go back to what he knows and what he likes, $30 million, not a bad consolation prize.
2: You can straight by on that. What's crazy, yeah, obviously. I mean, he's only 29 years old. I know. He doesn't seem like he's been around for, for 12, 15 yes. years. Yeah. Uh, but he's still gonna have some few years and he was well we viewed him as the best backup center in the league when he yep. was here mm-hmm. and so I don't think that he has, his skills have dropped off as I say he's still only 29 years old. and to me this is this is what what the, G, the jazz organization screams. It screams comfortability, familiarity, stability. and do you put a price tag on that? Look at New Orleans. They already had the coach fired right off the bat. I don't know that he would have resigned. I don't know if it was Utah or New Orleans were his only two options, but it doesn't look like for the next three or four years anyway that Quinn Snyder's going anywhere. And some assistant coaches obviously have changed, and there's always going to be some change to one degree or another, the teammates around you and all that stuff. And that's another thing, too, is that the bulk of the roster is the same as when he left. Now you got Conley there, you got Clarkson there, but I don't think those those players aren't gonna have any effect on him. He's probably gonna end up liking them as people. And so what price tag do you put on that? So he left some money out on the table, but look at all that he's getting back. And he viewed it as, yeah, this is what I want to be a part of. Good on him for doing it.
1: DJ and PK, hit up our Facebook page. DJ and PK, the discussion uh, goes on there. we got to take a break. When we come back, Josh Newman, Utes writer for the Salt Lake Tribune to talk about the opener and what might happen this week. Stay with us.